You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek, and Tyler. This week, we're looking at the 2019 Husker defense. Now, last week, we discussed the offense, so check that episode out if you haven't already. Uh, so we're going to do the same thing this week. We're going to do the depth chart followed by expectations for the defense. So, uh, But first, we need to talk about the NFL draft, guys. Uh, for the first time in 56 years, Nebraska failed to have a player drafted. Now, everybody thought that Stanley Morgan was going to be the guy to keep the streak alive. But nope. Derek, thoughts? Ah, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care. I don't. I don't pay enough attention to... NFL to care who what Huskers go there. Uh, it, it does suck. I, it was a long streak, you know. Like you said, I think it was fifty six years. That's a long time you putting guys in the NFL. Uh, at the end of the day, though, whatever, get over it. Let's let's move on to college football. Let's let's care about winning games in college. That's what I want to. That's what I want to do. That's a weak take, Derek Tyler. I I don't get it. Like I I'm shocked that. You know, Stanley Morgan wasn't drafted. I, I mean, you look at the numbers and production he put up at Nebraska. You know, he has the size. It seems like his speed for his size is pretty good. I, I just, I, I was shocked that he did it. But this, man, this sucks. I mean, it, it was always kind of something to hang your hat on that, you know, we've had all these players drafted consecutive years and it's done. And it's just kind of the... I don't know, the culmination of what's been like a really crappy last six, seven years for Nebraska football. So, um, you know, I, I hope I hope that changes quickly with Frost. It's kind of goofy. It's an all-conference wide receiver that had over 1,000 yards receiving from a Power 5 conference and doesn't get drafted. That, that just, it's insane. I get it. There's a lot of great receivers out there. Maybe his game doesn't translate well to the NFL. You know, he's, he's not fast uh so maybe it's testing hurt but jesus i thought i thought if somebody would pick him up i mean it's crazy go ahead Derek. so there's a lot of talk out there remember the last time alabama didn't have somebody drafted was nick saban's first year so there's always that to hang your hat on i guess <laughs> the, the worst takes about all of this uh you know the draft streak ending is blaming mike riley I mean, are you guys blaming Mike Riley for this right here? Anybody? I, you know what? <laughs> I blame him more than I blame Frost, and I blame him more than I blame probably any one specific person. What I really blame most of it on, though, is just coaching turnover. You realize we've in the last five years we've had 31 assistant coaches? That's absurd. Yeah. And just coaching turnovers, that's what, that's what I, I blame most of it on. Most of these guys couldn't get developed because there were so many damn coaches coming through. Mike Riley and his staff were always terrible at developing talent anyway, but when you're going through that many coaches, it's hard to, hard to develop any kids. Tyler? I don't know how you blame Mike Riley the most. I mean, he wasn't here his last season. Like, I mean, say what you will, like, about maybe he wasn't developed enough, but do you, if you think the reason why Stanley Morgan wasn't mainly drafted 
was because his freshman, sophomore, and junior year, man, you know what? If someone really would have taught him how to play football, he would have been better off. Like, dude, he was a good player. I mean, you could argue if if maybe we were in a bad spot because he was as good of an athlete as we had on the roster. But I, I don't buy the fact that Mike Riley's the number one person you blame. It's got to be Frost and company. They, gonna... they couldn't get one player. They couldn't get one player ready for the NFL draft. Mike Riley got Tanner Lee ready for the NFL draft. <laughs> okay. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Really? Okay, first off, this draft should have ended last year because Tanner Lee should have never been drafted. Second off, I don't know that giving Stanley Morgan 1,000 yards receiving and, and uh, Zigbo 1,000 yards rushing hurt them in that draft. Scott Frost's offense did nothing to hurt these guys in the draft. So don't 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 blame that shit on Frost. That's bullshit. Okay. And, and so Stanley Morgan having almost nine what nine hundred and some yards receiving the year before, that certainly didn't hurt him. So why does Mike Riley get blamed? Like it's not like he didn't, didn't utilize Stanley Morgan his for, three years before. He was one of the leading receivers every year. First off, I didn't say he was the number one reason. I said coaching changes, period, over the last five years is the number one reason as to why we've not gotten somebody drafted. Okay, number one person. You said number one person. I say he, get, he does get blamed more than Scott Frost, I think. Look, the strength and conditioning with him was three out of the four years of these guys, and it was terrible. They've had former players come out and talk about how they signed into the weight room and then walked out and left because they didn't want to lift weights that day. You've well, had other, you've had other players come in and say they were in meetings and they were on their cell phones the whole time not paying attention. That and happened under Riley. players got drafted. What's that? And some of those players got drafted. Okay. But at the end of the day, three-quarters of these guys' careers were under Mike Riley. So I think he I deserves think, a little more blame than Frost does. I think it's funny that everybody was – they were giving Mike Riley all the credit in the world for getting Andy Janovich drafted. You know, he finally utilized him, got him drafted, and it's like, hey, look at what he's doing. And then now he's not coaching here anymore. We don't have anybody go in the draft. There's two guys that we thought were going to go. And then all of a sudden, Mike Riley's the fall guy. Oh, it's Mike Riley's fall. Well, to, to be to be fair, you and a lot of other people did the same exact thing in Riley in his first year, and blame Bo Pelini for everything that went on. So to be fair, I mean, it's the same, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, in regards to the draft, not the draft, just just the season as a, as a whole. Oh, well, okay, that, yeah, but just in regards to the draft is all I'm talking about here. It, it's so- funny. So, so let me ask you this, Derek. If no one gets drafted this year, is it still going to be Mike Riley's fault? Like, when does Frost, <laughs> when no. does Frost take ownership of this? No, you're right. If, if, if nobody gets drafted this year, then yes, it's on Frost. Okay. I'm not saying Frost has no blame in this, but to, to blame him more than Mike Riley, I think is absurd. You know, I think the guy. I've even heard people blame Bo Pelini, and this is like. I'll, I'll, I'll blame this Bo is, Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You realize. <laughs> You realize that all the free agents that we just got drafted, there were six of them. Four of them were Bo, were Bo Pelini's recruits. Only two of Mike Riley's recruits even signed free agency draft. Or, I mean, come on. Well, I, I, I mean, if, my, if Bo Pelini would have recruited better players, they would have got drafted. Really? I believe Tanner Farmer and Gerald Foster were both four stars. Stanley Morgan, who you just got done saying should have been drafted, was a, a, recruit, a recruit that committed to... Bo Pelini. He signed it to Riley, so. Still a Bo Pelini recruit. So, 
we'll see what happens when this next crop of people come out because Mike Riley recruited all of these guys uh, coming out this year also. I think so, you're going to see some people drafted this next year, especially on this defensive side. Well, let, let's uh, talk about this defense here. Uh, but but before we go into the depth chart, uh, we've had some departures on the defensive side of the ball this week. Tyler, one of those guys that left was somebody that you had huge uh, hopes for, uh, Brian Dixon. Uh, tell us about these departures. Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of st- – Killed, killed my uh, segue there with uh, uh, Breon Dixon, but I've been very high on this guy, and not just me, a lot of Nebraska fans since he transferred from Ole Miss. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to be a major contributor. You know, he was a high recruit coming out of high school as the number 12 linebacker in the country. Um, you know, it, it, it's an interesting loss, but we also lost Cameron Jones, who was a four-star safety coming out of high school, and Quayshawn Alexander, who was a pretty high prospect out of New Jersey coming out of high school. So, um, you know, losing three defensive players in a week is kind of a big loss. Derek? Well, you're right. It is a big loss. But at the same time, I think there was a lot of anticipation that we were going to have to let some players go. Or I I wonder how much of this coaching staff kind of – shoot these guys away as much as them leaving. Uh, you talk about Cameron Jones. You know, the guy didn't practice all spring because of academic issues. Uh, Breon Dixon, there's numerous rumors going around. I don't know which ones are true and which ones aren't. And Quayshon Alexander was never going to see the field. So, I mean, out of, the, out of these three guys, I don't know who – I don't know which one was that was really considered a big loss at this point. I'd like to say Cameron Jones, but at the same time, if he if he was going to struggle with academics and never see the field, why waste a scholarship on him? Yeah, so I mean, I don't think any of these guys were going to be real contributors. Did did you guys have any of these guys? And let's say you're too deep. I, I had Cameron Jones in my too deep when we did this last time. I did too. But coming into this, coming into this one, I, I wasn't planning on putting him on my two D. And yeah, it was it was all be, it was all it was all because of him not practicing the springs of the academic issues. But yeah, I yeah. never updated my depth chart. Um, I you know I updated it after all the transfers. So I never got t- time to put pen to paper. But you know I was notorious. I had Breon Dixon as a starter two months ago. Obviously, I cooled on that bandwagon, but uh, <laughs> no. But you know, I you know, I think it's really interesting when you look at depth. You know, how many of these guys would have played? I don't know. Could these guys have been special team contributors? Very possibly. I mean, I I just find when you lose a couple good guys like this, I mean that that depth, especially at outside backer, you know, it got a little bit thinner. It got a little bit thinner. Yeah. Okay, uh, are you guys ready to do this too deep? So the format is we're just going to do too deep by each position group, just like last time. We're going to start off with the defensive line. Tyler, give us your first string. So my first string um, at nose tackle, I like uh, Darian Daniels. And then uh, my other two tackles, I got Carlos Davis and Ben Stillity. Derek? I, mine's uh, Darian Daniels, and I got the Davis twins both in there, rather than Stilly, But Interesting. Uh, Tyler, I'm with you. Darian Daniels, Ben Stilly, and Carlos Davis is going to anchor that front uh, line. Uh, let's go to the second string. I'm going to start with you, Derek. 
What's your second string? I got Damian at nose tackle, and I got Ben Stilley and DeAndre Thomas on the outside. Tyler? Yeah, I got Khalil Davis and DeAndre Thomas on the outside and Darian Daniels on the in the middle. Damian Daniels, you mean, right? Yes, Damian, yes. I don't have Darian Daniels first and second string. <laughs> that's pretty Damn, good that's stamina by him, yeah. Could, could, it could it Mama Daniels name him a little bit differently? Come on. God, yeah, especially when you can't read your handwriting like me. I don't, I'm trying to figure out, is that is that an M or is that two R's? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Tyler. I completely agree. Uh, Derek, you're giving a lot of love for the Davis Twins. You know, you were big on the Davis Twins last year, and I guess you're not going away from that. Do you have something against Ben Stilley or anything, or are you not sold on Ben Stilley? I, I didn't see anything out of him in the spring game that overly impressed me. I, I, I look at the end of the day, all six of these guys are going to rotate in and out anyway, and and, yeah. and it could go in any situation. I I I thought the I've always thought the Davis twins looked good. I've always thought they've done good things. Uh, Stilly, I thought he looked really good as a freshman. That last year, I thought he was a little. I think he tapered off a little. I, he could come back. I mean, I again, I think it's all a matter of rotation, and I'd rather see both Davis twins in there on a rotation than. Stilly, I guess, but it is more preference than it is who I – I mean, they all could start, so it, it's yeah. hard to say. So all of us were consistent. We named the, the same six. It may not have been in the first or second team. Is there any guy that you thought might have jumped into that second string out there, or were you just completely sold that you had your one and two final? Derek? I, I don't know if I see him jumping into the second string. But maybe getting some play, a lot of playing time, and maybe I mean making a name for themselves. I think Deshaun Neal, as a, you know, he's a senior. I think he'll find some playing time. Uh, the, the new uh, JUCO transfer or uh, Joaquin Green, I think he finds himself on the field. I, I've heard a lot of good things about. It. He's like six four, three hundred five pounds. Sounds like he's ready to play. Uh, I think he could be a good. Role to get in there on that uh, nose tackle spot. So, Tyler, yeah, another name I'm just going to throw is uh, Casey Rogers. Um, you know, I think he he looks like he is coming into his own. Um, I could see him being a factor down the uh, um, you know road. And another guy, you know, that it will be interesting. Who's another senior is Baha Nuku. I I don't know what he'll do, but. You know, you look at the size of him. Could he take a couple reps in there? I mean, I think when you look at this defensive line, and I, I think we are 11 to 12 guys deep. And that doesn't mean our 11th guy is an All-American. But, I mean, this this is easily the deepest position we are on the team right now. I agree. If there's any position group that I have zero worries about, this is it. This unit right here is just, I know that there's going to be guys. If a guy gets a little bit banged up, I know it's plug and play at this position. Uh, the three names that you guys talked about, Vaha and Joaquim and Casey Rogers, that's who I had rounding out my third team on defensive line. line and, uh, you know, shit, that skips Deshaun Neal, who is another good, solid player. Well, so, I named yeah. Deshaun, but. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, that's. But we still got Tate Willman out there. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's so many names out there. And that's not even talking about some of the new guys coming in, like uh, I mean, Ty Brent Robinson. Banks. Brent Banks looked good in the spring game. Uh, then we got Ty Robinson coming in. Yeah, Ty, I know you just mentioned him, but good Lord, we, we got so much depth there. That, 
I mean, so it's, that's, you, it's, you good, it's a good problem about, to have. You talk about the guy who was a top 15 defensive lineman out of high school, one of our you know five or six best recruits, and at this point, there's it doesn't seem like feasible this guy will have any shot to even see four games. I mean, it, it, we are deep at this position. It's an awesome problem to have. Like you it's, said, all right, here's a hot take alert. This is like Clemson defensive line type <laughs> caliber. Here in a couple of years, I'm serious. Two or three years, it's going to be just like having a Clemson defensive defensive line. That caliber, that caliber I, of I, recruits. I I don't know about that, but what I will say is this: there there's a lot of people out there a little worried what's going to happen to our defensive line after this year. And I, I'll tell you, like I'm going to miss the Davis twins. But the depth there, man, I, I feel good for this position group for years to come. Absolutely. I am too. So uh, I, I, that kind of gets me pumped up talking about this defense, actually. I'm glad that we're all on the same page. Uh, but this is going to kind of – it's going to be a sobering moment here. We're going to talk about the linebackers now. Uh, there's not a lot of guys to choose from here. So let's start with uh, your first string uh Inside linebackers and outside linebackers, Derek. All right. I think inside linebackers, I, I changed a little bit on this one. I had uh, Mo Berry and Will Honus. I, I, Mo Berry is obviously the stud. Everybody knows this. There's no there's no denying that. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to put Colin Miller in there as my starter now. And it, maybe it's unfair just because we didn't get to see Will Honus and he's been injured and hopefully we're hoping he's healthy come fall, but – I've seen what I've seen out of Colin Miller, and he looked really good. His tackling technique was there. I mean, he just he he got his name called a little bit in the spring game, and he got me excited to watch him. Uh, outside linebackers, I, I'm I, Tyron Ferguson. I think he's got one side locked down. Uh, the other side, I I was torn. I, I did I did this the old staff thing where I went with the oar on this one. And I went with oh, Alex Davis oh. or JoJo Doman. As I can see that going either way. Pick a Jesus, Derek. Just pick I, a name. I'm going with pick it. I'm, a go, name. I'm going with the either or because I think they're going to rotate a lot. I think Doman's going to play multiple positions, but I could see him play, coming in and playing outside backer a lot too. Who who gets the start at that game when they go out to take the field? Who gets the start? Name that guy. Who takes I'll go, the start? I'll go Doman. Depending right. on the team, but I'll go. Thank you. It's not that hard. It Those is hard because I don't think he's going to start every game. All right. Tyler. Well, so I got Barry like Derek, and then I am going to go uh, call Miller or Will Honus for my inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's fine because I can't wait to get to your second string then. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I, I will. I will. I'll get there in a second. I'm going to go with Honus right now, but um, yeah, I mean, that that's a tight race, and we'll get there in a second. And then I'm going to go Ferguson and Davis. I think the senior in Davis gets him the edge, Alex Davis, um, at the starting outside backers. So I, I'm going to go Alex Davis and Tywin Ferguson uh, wrapping out my starters. Okay, I got Mo Berry, and I got Colin Miller. Uh I wanted Will Honus there, but the injury, that just has – I give pause to that. I'm opposite. I think JoJo Doman is the lockdown outside linebacker. I think that job – there's no or in JoJo Doman. Uh, Alex – and I have Alex Davis as the other outside linebacker. I'm, I'm 
I was kind of shocked you guys had Tyron Ferguson there, but uh, Alex Davis, he just seems like he's going to be the guy. Uh, let's talk about the number two depth chart or second team for linebackers, Derek. All right. I got in the inside, I got I got Nick Henrik. I know he was hurt. I know he had to get out of some surgery, but he went through some of the spring, so he's getting some of the defense. So I went with him on one side, and then I got Will Honus on the other. Uh, I got Caleb Tanner backing up Tyron Ferguson, and I got Garrett Nelson on my other one that I had behind my oar, but. You guys won't let me do that. But I got Garrett Nelson playing a lot this year. I think that kid's going to be exciting. He is the uh, Ric Flair impersonator for everyone who isn't sure who he is. But I think that kid's going to be exciting to watch. And I think he so, I think he will get a lot of playing time this year. So essentially, since the or isn't allowed, he's your third team outside linebacker. I suppose. But he's going to get some <laughs> playing time, so don't count him out. Tyler? Yeah, I, I mean, God, this this almost sucks how much we agree on this. But I, I'm going to go, I, I think Enric is going to get there. I, I mean, he is more as a necessity. I I mean, you're praying that his shoulder heals up because I think we're going to need him. Um, I'm going to go Colin Miller. And then I'm going to go JoJo um, and Tanner and with a lot of Garrett Nelson. I, I, I think, you know, I think you're going to see those top three guys rotate a lot. And then I think you're going to see Tanner and Nelson kind of rotate a lot for that fourth spot is really how I see this playing out. Um, but, you know, Caleb Tanner, I mean, this guy, if, if you had to pick the most intimidating player on the defense, he might win that award. That guy is jacked um, for how young he is. I mean, this guy is a guy that you're, he's going to play some football. All right, inside linebacker, second team. I do not have Nick Henrik. I, I have Jackson Hanna. I'm staying consistent with keeping Jackson Hanna in the two deep, uh, especially with the injury to Henrik. So uh, I also have Will Honus there, uh, inside linebacker. Outside linebacker, second team, Caleb Tanner and Tyron Ferguson. I agree with you guys with Garrett Nelson. Uh, that's I got him in there. And... I think it just seems like we're just kind of five deep at outside linebacker. Uh, I don't, I was looking for somebody else to put in that position in the number six slot. And there was no obvious name that came to mind. Tyler, you have one. I I think I, well, no, I don't. I think the obvious names left. I think the obvious name was Breon Dixon. I mean, okay. I think he, him or Alexander were going to be that guy. Maybe, maybe those guys took got in the rotation with Tanner and Nelson. Um, but no, I, I th- I'm with you. I think anymore, you're, this is a five deep position. Um, I, I Pernell Jefferson, maybe you'll see on special teams, but I don't see you'll see him really cracking the defensive field. Do you agree, Derek? Yeah, I, I agree. But I think I think five guys on the outside linebacker is probably plenty. I think I think it's a good pro. I think that's another position where you're fine. The inside linebacker scares the hell out of me, though. Like I I think we have a top three there, and I, I yeah. I mean, you yeah. talk about Jackson Hanny, you talk about Nick Henrik, whichever ones. It's going to be an emergency case only. Like I, I, that, well, that position scares me. There's just not a lot of guys to choose from. I've also I, seen Garrett Snodgrass being put in there at, at inside linebacker and. Again, it's an emergency deal. Like you have no, 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 no real re- rhyme or reason to put him in there. I think. 
Well, there's another guy that I have listed at third string, Joseph Johnson. He had a pretty good spring at inside linebacker, and I, I, I almost had him in the two deep, uh, but that's that's how thin we are, guys. That that inside linebacking slot. Really, that's just, that's just your Jacob Winemaster. <laughs> yeah, I have an affinity for walk-on inside linebackers. Well, you know, if, if this defense doesn't, you know, excel, isn't is it as good as we think, it's going to be because of the middle linebackers. You know, Muhammad Barry might be our best defender we have on defense, but I'll tell you what, I'm not convinced on Will Honus or Colin Miller is at number two. I mean, I think that is a... Even that spot is a lot weaker. Yeah. The depth there, I mean, Muhammad Barry goes out get, with an injury. Oh, my God. I mean, that that's defense could cripple if he goes out. And it's not yeah. because he's amazing, even though he might be our best defensive player. It's just there's nothing behind him. It's a steep drop-off between Mo Berry and any other inside linebacker that we have. It's a steep drop-off. Yeah. Uh, all of those guys that we're talking about behind him, they could be number twos, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. That, that is a threes. very, yeah, you're right. It's a scary ass position. Well, so it, it's, it's definitely a, uh, strength and condition is definitely have to work here. Cause we cannot, cannot afford to lose any of those guys. Like we have to stay healthy there. Well, you're right. But Mo Berry is the, he's the key cog in that whole linebacking core there. The inside without him, Tyler, you're Tyler. You're right, man. That's going to be scary. Uh, and I'll be curious what the defensive staff comes up with there, because I think, you know, I, I still look, if you look at the best linebackers, let me ask you guys this question. Forget positions. Name the four best linebackers you think we have. I, Mo Berry, Jojo Doman. No, four. I said four best oh, linebackers. Best four? Best four. Mo Berry, Jojo Doman. I'll give it to Alex Davis and Colin Miller. Okay. What about you, Derek? I, I would probably go Jojo Doman. Well, Mo Berry first, then then Jojo Doman, Alex Davis, and I would go Caleb Tanner. Probably. I mean, over Ferguson. You have Ferguson starting. <laughs> I, I, I get it, but I, I think the potential with Tanner is probably better than okay. Ferguson. I think. Being, I think. I think the senior probably gets Ferguson start above okay. above Tanner I, though. My my point on this is I thought three of our four best linebackers. Maybe four of our five best linebackers on this roster are all outside backers. And I will be curious to see if the coaches find ways to maybe mix up the linebackers a little bit to keep that um, the best players on the field. So who are those people, Tyler? I, mean, I would say Ferguson, Davis, Doman, and uh, Barry, not particularly that order. Really? And didn't, then I you think- just, didn't you just say that you had Alex Davis starting because he was a senior, though? I well, well I, over over JoJo, I, I still think he's a really, really quality player. Right. I just I him and Doman are really close to me, and I think it, and again, if I had to pick, uh, since they're so close, I'm going to go with the senior there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I but I think those are the four best linebackers, and I think JoJo's a, up there. I mean, so that's why I think ultimately I'll be curious what the coaching staff does to see if he finds a way to keep them on the field, especially a guy like JoJo Doman. Who you you could almost run a three three five and have him kind of a hybrid spot and do a lot of interesting things with him. All right, uh, let's talk uh, about 
the secondary cornerbacks and safeties here. Tyler, you're up for your first team. Am I doing the whole secondary or just corners? Let's do corners and safeties. Go ahead. Okay. So I, I um my starting corners, I'm going to go uh, Jackson and Boodle, um, and then Dismuke and Williams for my safeties. Derek, I'm the exact same. I I think I think this position is I think it's going to become a strength of this defense, and I think. The most improved player on this defense, I think, is going to be Lamar Jackson. I know Justin just despises hearing that, but I think he will be the most improved player. But, yeah, I think I, 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 it's hard to argue any of those players. I got Jackson, Boodle, Dismuke, and uh, Williams. Hey, I don't despise hearing Lamar Jackson as most uh, improved because we definitely need it there at cornerback. I, I'm, I agree with you guys. I think those are four starters. Boodle, Jackson, Williams, and Dismook. That's going to be your secondary. And, hey, we need Lamar Jackson to keep building off of what he had last year, uh, late last year. Uh, we damn sure need that because it's going to get tricky here when we name our second team. Derek, we'll start with you. Uh, I'll keep my oars out of here, but I got, I got Cam Taylor playing behind uh, Lamar Jackson. I got Noah Pula Gates playing behind uh, Boodle. And I, I think I think I think Noah Pula Gates he's going to come in and jump some people. I think there's other guys that are going to be probably good enough to play, but not as good as him uh, at quarterback. Right? Yeah, that's what that's what they have him listed as. That's what he has been. That's what Travis Fisher has come out and said he's coming in as a cornerback. So I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with what Travis Fisher's saying. I'm going to go with that. Uh, behind uh, Deontay Williams, I got. I got Cam Taylor playing there too. Like I think he's going to play multiple positions. The staff loves him, and I think that he will play multiple positions. I think he'll also play Nickelback, by the way, when that when when time arises for that. But Nickelback uh, sucks, man. And then I got I got Eric Lee, who they seem to have moved to safety, just because of it. He's about one of the few other players that we have with experience out there. Okay, Tyler. This is how you remind. No, um, sorry, singing some Nickelback there. <laughs> Don't you insult Nickelback? They're one of the best rock bands of all time. Um, no, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go Cam Taylor and Eric Lee as my backup corners, and I'm gonna go Cam Taylor and Eric Lee as my backup safeties. I, I think. I think wow. when you look at this, I, I think the next two defensive backs in the game will be those two. If if I had to put a third defensive back in the game, is Nola Pola Gates. Um, I, I think you'll see. I think you will see him. I think you're right on that, Derek. But I, we have the same names. I just think the next two defensive backs in the game will be Eric Lee and Cam Taylor. Uh, before you go on, do you not see anything out of uh, Tony Butler? Because I kind of had him in my oar. Like I didn't want to. I knew you guys didn't want to do that, but I could see him doing a little something something here. If it, well, if I had to go a little bit deeper, and well, I don't want to cut Justin Sunder, I'd go Avery Anderson over him. But I mean, wow. it's I could see either of those two guys being that next up. Well, maybe I had Tony Butler in my second team. You want to guess? Let me talk. Maybe <laughs> he's getting some nickel back. You're, you're Michelle Beadle. You don't ever want to talk, so I don't know. <laughs> Damn. Hey, I got uh, I have Cam Taylor and Braxton Clark as my cornerbacks. Uh, my backup safeties. 
I like CJ Smith. I like CJ Smith to come in there and along with Eric Lee. Eric Lee, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I went back back and forth where to put Eric Lee. I think Eric Lee brings so much experience. Uh, he's a singer here, and you know, he's played cornerback, and he's played safety. He even started at cornerback last year. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be our fifth best player in the secondary. Oh, uh, fifth? Over Cam Taylor. Ah, you said it. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to stick with it now. But I think <laughs> so. He he's probably gonna be the guy that comes in most, right? I I think, think Cam so. Taylor. Cam Taylor. Cam Taylor is definitely I, I, your. They've had way. Too, the coaches have talked him up way too much not to put him in. I think. I think at this point. Yeah. But Eric Eric Lee, Cam Taylor, T- Taylor. Yeah, you said it right there. Uh, I wanted to put Noah Pola Gates in there, but coming in late and God, I, I think he finds the field, but he's not going to be your go-to guy. Well, let me ask you this. Bench. If he is going to be your seventh guy in the secondary, okay, is that worth burning his red shirt? Probably not. Not, not if he's your seventh guy. Because, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I think, you look at Eric Lee and Cam Taylor. I, I, in my opinion, ahead of him. Um, I say yes. I think, I, I think it's worth it. In you know, as, assuming someone gets banged up for a couple games, and not that you're hoping that, but just chances are someone's going to get banged up for a couple games. In if there. Yeah, if if you're the seventh best in secondary, you need to be playing. I mean, why save just four games? Especially with our schedule. Hey, seven deep in the secondary is not that deep, Derek. That is really not that deep. It's not, it's not worth it. If the guy plays five, six games, it's not worth it. If you can just play him in four. I don't think you do. I don't think you do when you're, you're – all, you always play too deep in the secondary. Just rotating fresh. I'm not red shirt because I got him as a backup to my cornerback anyway. But. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But I, I think I think if you got him as your seventh best, I, yeah, I think you got to at least think about redshirting him. I, it seems like a waste of a season to me to not redshirt him at that point. Well, and he could always play special teams a little bit too. I mean, that's the other factor. I mean, we don't always talk about that, but you need someone to field kickoffs. I mean, well, I mean, if he if he's a, if he's a stud on on special teams, then that's fine too. But I mean. If you're just playing him in secondary and he's your seventh best and you redshirt him. All right, so to move on here, uh, we'll find out about the the secondary here in the fall. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. But as we look at expectations from this defense, last year we were absolutely terrible on defense. If you want to go play it by the numbers and uh, national rankings and conference rankings, it was piss poor. So – there's nowhere to go but up this year, but I don't even know how far up. Now, when we're talking about the rushing defense, we were uh, ranked 96th, gave up 196 yards a game, which was 12th in the Big Ten. Tyler, what do you expect from our rushing defense this year? Well, I think you're looking at it being improved. Um you know, I, I, I mentioned that I think inside backer is definitely a weakness of this team. But with that said, and I, I love that defensive 
front. I love what our outside backers can give. Muhammad Barry may be our best or second best defensive player on this roster. Um, no, I, I'm absolutely thrilled with what this run defense is going to do. Derek. Well, and I hope you're right, Tyler. And I, it has to get better. Like it's, we were 12th in the Big Ten in rush defense last year. Like you, you can't. You can't have that. Not, not if you're planning on winning. Uh, what I would like to see, when it comes to run stopping, especially in short yardage situations, I would love to see a four-man front where we get the both Daniels brothers in there and both Davis twins in there. Like, let, Let's plug these holes with these two guys and then let some backers come in and really shut shit down. Uh, I'm hoping maybe in some in some third-down situations we start we see that. I don't necessarily think we have to do that every down, but definitely in some short yardage situations, it would be nice. See, you, you know, that's why Derek's part of the Husker Cuscast because he loves family and he's always rooting for the brothers. You know, the brothers to to make the big plays. Yeah, Light it up with you the can't brothers. tell me you can't tell me that wouldn't be an exciting four guys to have out on the field at the same time. It's it's fine, but I want the four best players, and I don't know if they're the four best players on the defensive line. If it comes down to stopping the third and short, not the four best players. I don't care if they're brothers or not. Well, or I, well, okay, that's fine. I feel that they're the four best players that we got as far as that goes. But anyway, so when I look at this rush defense, you know, we obviously have the guys that can improve. Uh, I think significantly. Uh, the third down conversion defense last year, we ranked 103rd in the nation and 12th in the conference. And uh, it was a 43% conversion rate. I expect that number with those guys up front leading the charge to reduce that significantly. Derek? Oh, I broke this down so much further than you did. Uh, well, I didn't. The, stat, the stats people did. And I just read it. Uh, what we really truly need to improve is third down and one to three yards and third down and four, seven to nine yards. You realize when, when the people ran the ball against us on third and seven and nine, they averaged 12 and a half yards per carry. Really? That is insanely bad. We gave up, uh, out of 26 attempts on one to three yards, we gave up 4.73 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, and 20 first downs. That's, that's, that's incredibly bad. Like, I don't know how you get that bad. And then, and then like I told you about uh, the seven to nine yards, we had 13 attempts. We gave up 12.6 per carry. We had one touchdown and nine first downs. So there's where you're giving up most of your first downs on those two. When we got down to four to six yards and, and 10 plus yards, we stopped the run pretty well. Which you would expect on ten plus yards anyway, but but at, at the at the end of the day, th- those really have to be fixed. And Justin, yeah. you're right. Overall, third down conversions have to be fixed. Uh, I got some passing stats written down too, but those were the two that really really stuck out to me that were just atrocious. Well, I, again, it's you know we got the defensive players. Uh, uh, the the front four are solid. That linebacking play that comes into that, uh, golly, I, I, again, it's it comes down to those linebackers also to uh, help out in that rushing defense. Derek, well, let me ask you, guys, this, and, that, and this isn't trying to be the negative guy, but 
at the end of the day, we have the same defensive lineman playing this year we had last year. Do you really think they improved that much with a different coach? I don't know if they improved that much with a different coach. I think that another year in the weight room, another year of development is going to do wonders. And I think you look at last year, I, I think adding Darian Daniels to the mix changes a lot. Because as good as Carlos Davis is, and I am high on him, Carlos Davis is, is my one, if, if Muhammad Barry's not my best defender, is Carlos Davis. But he is not a natural nose tackle. No, he's and not. That he's definitely not, a better, better defensive end. And you had to play him there because he was the best available. Adding Darian Daniels to the mix, and especially another year for Damian Daniels to develop, that changes our defensive front dramatically. And it, uh, help me remember this. He really didn't get an opportunity to play nose tackle until Mick Stoltenberg got hurt, right? Mick Stoltenberg was always the nose tackle. Well, right? and Mick Stoltenberg, I mean, say what you will, but I mean, Cole Conrad got signed by an NFL team. Mick Stoltenberg's career is done. So, uh, injuries, say, say, yeah. yeah, I mean, injuries aside, but I mean, I don't think that guy was healthy at all last year, even when no. he was playing. So, well, I, I, mean, I, that I don't know that Stoltenberg's been healthy for the last three years. I think his knees have been shot since he came out of high school down there. I, and you're probably right. And that's my point. That nose tackle position, that that was a – I mean, there was no big hole. And and so that defensive front, I think you had another year of development, especially with the young guys like Damian and DeAndre Thomas, how well they're going to come along. I, I mean, man, I'll tell you, that front – I Derek, I, you may say they're the same guys, but I think Darian Daniels changes that whole dynamic – uh, infinitely. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the pass defense here. We ranked 78th in the nation last year, giving up 238 yards a game. Uh, this is one of our better categories in conference. Uh, we were ninth in pass defense. Derek, what do you see out of this pass defense in the fall? Again, it has to get better. And I'm going to go with interceptions has to get better. Like we had some interceptions last year. In fact, we ranked uh, at, well. We ranked ninth in national uh, in the Big Ten interceptions, and 59th nationally with the, with the eleven interceptions we had. Which, I mean, in the Big Ten it wasn't good, but nationally it's not terrible. Uh, but but I, and, and in the spring game, that's what I seen. That's I seen ball hawks out there. I seen tip ball drills really working for what they were worth, and and got and I seen guys going after the ball a lot more, and that's what we need. Because that's what that's what I think Shenander's defense strives on is winning the turnover battle. Like we need to get the turnovers. Yeah, yeah. And as far as turnover margin, you know, we ranked 83rd in the nation last year, which was, uh, I oh, I don't have it for the conference, I guess, but you know, we, we were minus point one seven in the turnover margin, so that's not great, Tyler. Well, and, and I, I mean, I. Uh, better or worse, this thing is going to be way better. And I think you look at the starting unit of that secondary, it's going to be way infinitely better. But I think where you look at one of the, the two biggest changes I see is what I expect for pass rush. Um, last year, we did not pressure the quarterback well enough. I mean, a lot of people, our stats are a little bit misled last year because of that Colorado game. Um, we got after that passer and that really set the stone for what our pass, uh, our sacks total was for the whole year. I'm sure stat boy will cr- actually chime in what that was, but um, 25 total sacks, 25 total sacks. And what we had six that Colorado game, 
seven. Uh, seven. I mean, I mean, so that 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 kind of skewed a lot of the numbers. But I think JoJo Doman coming in, Alex Davis uh, maturing another year. I think our pass rush is going to be better. And then I think you look at the depth at that secondary position. Um, we kind of hit on this a little bit, but you look at besides our top six or seven guys, you go a little bit deeper on that, and you see a Braxton Clark, Avery Anderson, Tony Butler, Ethan Cox, even Chad Alaya Jr. Um, Elioth Jr., I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I think this is another very deep position group that you're probably 10, 11 guys that can play. Derek, if you had to bet a nickel on who would lead this team in sacks in 2019, where would you put your nickel? Who? Man, I don't know. I would go. I would probably lean towards either Alex Davis or JoJo Doman, who ends up playing more at that outside backer spot. Uh, but let me let me tell you this, Tyler. But when you talk about you talk about sacks. Here here is my thing about the whole this whole thing. What we need to improve even more is tackles for loss. Like we were tenth in the Big Ten in tackles for loss. You could talk about sacks, and we asked. We have one good game that probably upped our numbers. But we were 101st in the country in tackles for loss. We only had 63 tackles for loss. And that's another atrocious stat that has to improve. Like, you want to talk about getting third down stops, it starts right there. It starts right there with getting the tackles for loss. It stops with starting the, stopping the run. It, it, it comes into the getting the sacks. I mean, all that stuff comes into play. But that, that is an area that we need to improve in overall. Just, just getting behind the line of scrimmage overall and getting hits and, and making good tackles, which I, is another thing I've seen in that spring game was people wrapping up and driving down to the ground rather than this Olay bullshit where they, you know, I, you, you know, instead, instead of just trying to knock a guy to the ground, you actually wrapped him up and tackled him. And, you know, that's how you force fumbles. And that's how you, it's it just, everything works better when you tackle better. And that's what I seen out of that spring game was a lot of better tackling. First of all, we need to drink for the major league reference there. Damn it, Dord. Yo, give me <laughs> Oh, lady shit. I'm glad somebody <laughs> caught it. Thank you, Justin. Hey, I want to talk about the total defense and scoring defense here because uh, they're kind of related, right? Total defense, we rank 94th in the nation. Uh, we talked about rush defense, pass defense. 434 yards a game is what we gave up, which was 12th. Our scoring defense ranked 88th in the nation. We allowed 31.3 points a game, also ranking 12th. So we're seeing, you know, we're 12th a lot in the Big Ten (laughs) in our defense. I mean, we're not that good. We're essentially better than Rutgers and Illinois. Essentially, yeah. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, two dirt teams of course you know we were 4 and 8 last year i mean we were a dirt team so and that's that's kind of why you know we played in a lot lot of close games this year but it was only because of our offense our defense didn't do us a lot of favors where where do you think that where do we go with this at least the scoring defense tyler i mean what what's acceptable here well, you know, you look at the Scott Frost model, and a lot of people will say, you know, Scott Frost doesn't need a top 30, top 20 scoring defense, top 20 defense, whatever you want to say, uh, to succeed. And, and you might be right, but, man, I, I, I think the scoring and total defense, uh, you know, if I had to put some numbers on it, I think you're going to look about fifth or sixth in the Big Ten. Uh, 
uh, for scoring defense, and you'll probably look at about seventh for, for total defense. I think the yards will be a little bit more because of fatigue, but um, of the, how fast this offense runs. But man, I, I think you, you could look at the 40th best defense in the country, which is more than enough for this team to overall achieve some of the goals they are looking for this year. Thoughts, Derek? Well, you know, you you look at the big jumps that they had at UCF and on special t- or on defense. I'm sorry, and Shenander worked wonders, especially in turnover differential and 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 stopping the run when it came to his second year at UCF. Now, can he do it here at Nebraska? Just because he did it there doesn't mean he'll do it here. I get that, but you were definitely have to see some improvement. And by but again, I'm going off what I seen in the spring game. And what I've seen, yeah, I think I think we're going to be pretty solid on defense. Uh, so to recap this defensive discussion here a little bit, uh, kind of recap your strengths and weaknesses of this defense as we head into 2019, Tatter. Well, I mean, I mean, if you look at strengths, um, defensive line is secondary. Weakness inside linebacker. I mean, it's really, I think, as simple as that position groups. I think outside backers could be fine, maybe good. But that, the defensive line and that secondary are going to be really good units, I think, for us. Derek? No, I absolutely agree. I think every starter we have on this defense are going to be damn fine players. It's all going to come down to depth. And in inside linebackers, the biggest depth issue we have, I think, Outside of that, I think we're probably pretty solid at most positions. So, yeah. but, but as far as strengths, I, obviously we talked about defensive line. Of course, they're going to be strength. But I, I'm telling you guys, I think I think secondary will turn into our biggest strength this year. Wow, that's that's, that's awesome. I, I I still think that defensive line is our biggest strength. Uh, secondary, I think we're good with the starting four. After that, it. It kind of gets a little sketchy a little bit. It's kind of the same with linebackers, truthfully. You know, we're starting four, we're solid, but getting into the depth or into that second team, which worries me. So that brings us to the final point, uh, Tyler. Uh, Juco and grad transfers, yeah, with the departures, what do we need? What do we absolutely need to come in to help us out? Where? Inside backers. I mean, yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm a broken record here. That position group is scary. It, it's not just this year. It's the future. I mean, you after this year, I mean, there isn't – we don't have that sophomore. We don't have that guy, I mean, on the roster that could really step up. And so I think more depth there is needed, not just this year, but you look on the horizon next year. I mean, that's a position we need to improve on. All right, Derek, thoughts? No, absolutely. Uh, I, I would like to see maybe a few outside linebackers, but it, it really when it comes down to it, with every scholarship we have available, it has to come to the defense, I think. Unless you can find that top-style running back, I think it has to come to the defense. And I would I would lean way more towards the inside linebackers and outside backers, but if you could find that one playmaker at outside backer, I wouldn't be opposed to getting one of those two. Yeah. Okay, guys, this was fun, but it's time for last call. Uh, no topics are off limits here. Last call to you, Tyler. 
So my last call goes out to one of our 2020 commits. Um, we recently had a nice uh, bump in the rankings for one Turner. Uh, I'm, I always butcher this last name. Uh, Corcoran. Police correct me. Um, he is now the number 31st overall prospect in the country. Um, if the rankings ended today, he would be our third best commit Nebraska's ever brought in. Um, you look back at the history of the Huskers, I think we've been looking for a lineman like this uh, for a few years now. Man, he could anchor the team down for a few years. I am so pumped, and kudos to you, sir. Absolutely. Derek? Well, when you talk about ever, let's 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 taper that back a little bit. Like it's it's since they've been keeping track of stars. And this goes back to like two thousand. Since the, he's the best recruit since two thousand, or what, the third best recruit since two thousand. Sorry, uh, still counts. Still yeah, well, counts. I mean, let's not put him above some of our all time greats. But you know, it is awesome, and 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 he's this is this blows me away when it comes to recruiting. This is the part of recruiting I never understand. So he is a point, according to 24-7 composite, he is a point nine eight two six, And to be a five-star, apparently you have to be a nine eight two or 3-4. So he is point zero 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 eight away from being a five-star recruit. I don't understand how that works, but to me he's a five-star, and I can't wait for this kid to come in here. Yeah, that's it's still amazing. However, that works. That scale there, the grading scale. However, that works. It's it's like it's voodoo. It's complete voodoo. But yeah, I'm I'm really glad to have this guy. We definitely need him to build up this uh, offensive line. I think the staff is get, starting to get some good guys in there. So keep it up. Last call to you, Derek. All right, I've I've, I've only heard this in one spot, but I was listening. I was watching my Cubs play the other night and. Uh, the, the Cubs announcers were talking about a new rules change that has been introduced into Major League Baseball where after the 12th inning, if it's still tied, they would just end it in a tie. I hate this rule. I hope it never ceases to. I never hope. This is the one rule I hope never comes to fruition. I hate this rule. I can't say it enough. I hate this rule. There are so many things you can do to fix baseball. Don't worry about making it. Stop stopping a tie. Don't and don't let professional sports end in a tie. I hate that. I think for baseball, this is what baseball needs. I mean, this end the game after twelve innings. Nobody's staying up late at night after twelve innings anyway. Uh, just end the game. You have one hundred sixty-two games all year to make a statement. Why spend the additional resources to play this one meaningless game? It's yeah, I'm all for it. Speed the game up. We don't need any six, seven-hour games. When they go to 18 innings, nobody's staying up. That nobody's staying at the games for it. It's stupid, Tyler. Yeah, I, I agree, Justin. As someone that's gone to a lot of games, you know, I, I'll tell you, I don't want to stay at a baseball game till 11 p.m. I have no interest to go. The alcohol sales end. It, it, it becomes a quite a boring affair. I don't need to see a 14-inning game ever in my life. On TV or in person, I think this rule change is not a terrible thing. Leave it to Tyler to point out the alcohol flaw in the thing, you know? Because <laughs> cut, cutting off alcohol sales after the eighth inning, that's just wrong, man. Uh, all right, last call to me. My last call is going to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We're see, starting to see a lot of top 25 rankings come out. 
Uh, the Sporting News has us at 25th. USA Today has us at 19th. And CBS Sports, man, they had us all the way up to 17th in the top 25. Awesome to hear. Great hype around Husker football. But, Tyler, is it fair? Man, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic. And maybe the last few years have made me a little bit jaded. But, man, I, I just... I don't know if I see us there yet. I hope I'm wrong, but I love that the media is getting behind this team. Derek? Uh, we've, we've had this conversation on the podcast about these preseason polls. Uh, you guys both didn't think we should be ranked at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, I could see us being maybe 24, 25. I think it's a little absurd to see us at 17 and 19. But... Let's win some games and earn the respect more than just get it handed to us, I guess. But it is cool to see, so I'll take it. Yeah, you know, especially coming off the cusp of back-to-back four and eight seasons. We didn't have any players drafted this year, so everyone's saying, oh, there's no talent. I mean, it's... But you you talk about not a player and not having a player drafted, but we also got a guy's eight-to-one Heisman odds. Yeah. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth, too. Yeah. So, one last interesting thing. Vegas had their odds for the national championship, and we were among the top 14 teams in the country for the best chances to win a national championship. And, again, I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do with it, but... uh, I I don't know. I get it. We're probably not winning the national championship, but one of the 14 best teams... I don't know. I'll, I think they're trying to get some uh, Homer Huskers like Justin over there to bet on it. It, it means nothing at the end of the day because there's really only, what, six teams out there that are really legitimately national championship contenders right now? No, there's just two. Clemson, Alabama. That's wow. it. Let's not All pretend right. like there's any other teams. Hey, you know what? Nebraska, odds makers put Nebraska on that list to generate hype, and Nebraska fans will go out there. They're going to eat that. They're going to eat that up. And they're gonna go bet. They're like, "Ooh, yeah, you got to stop fourteen. Yeah, let me go put, let me go put ten dollars. I don't know. I don't know. That's a terrible Nebraska accent. I guess I don't. I don't know what I was shooting for. But it's time to get out of here, guys. Great show tonight. Uh, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Our episodes can be found everywhere, to include Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Hey, listeners. Write us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. Or just give us feedback. We appreciate hearing what the listeners like or hate about the show, especially Tyler. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.